2: Here's what Jesus, in one of his prayers, he was praying to the Father and then he was praying about his disciples and he prayed for us. Look at what it says. And Jesus knew this. John 17, 17. Make them holy, he was praying for us and you, by your truth. In other words, the truth is going to change me. Teach them your word, which is truth. That's why
0: we teach the Bible. That's why we teach the Bible. Many people lament the fact that behaviorally, there is little difference between the church and the secular world. Instances of non-biblical sex, divorce, and other negative societal markers are as prevalent within the church as outside. One of the reasons for this similarity is that Christians don't actually know what the Bible has to say about these things. Pastor Mark will be teaching about how the church can begin to act like God intended the church to act by becoming familiar with and obedient to God's Word. If you do that, you'll find God changing your life for the better. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, as he begins his message, Walking Worthy of Our calling."
2: Now, one of the things the Apostle Paul was known for is when he would write his letters. As you know, Paul wrote much of the New Testament. He always had a pattern of his letters. He usually always put them in two parts. We just finished the first part, chapters 1 through 3. And what you saw Paul do, he usually did. It was all about biblical doctrine. In other words, the study of Bible truth. It also included theology, which simply means the study of God. And Paul would focus on doctrinal issues, kind of a when you build a house, you have to have a foundation. That was a foundation. It was always about the Bible, the truth of the Bible. It's always about the character and the nature of God. And then he began to talk about, he used these two words, and he uses it a lot in, in the Ephesians, in Christ. If you're in Christ, that means you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he would use that. Then he began teaching on all the blessings. When you come to Christ, your sins are gone, you get a brand new start. And then he went to blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. I'm not going back there because we spent all that time realizing It's way better being a Christian than it is being a non-believer because we have all these blessings from God that come from simply a personal relationship with him. And then we saw, well, God is able to do things that we never thought God would do. Paul never thought the Jews and the Gentiles who hated each other, they came together and formed one church. And that's the body of Christ. We'll see what that looks like today. So that foundation was part one. Part two which we begin today, chapters 4 through 6, is all practical. It's how to walk out what we learn, the foundation, what that looks like. So Paul would use this word a lot. You're going to see it all through these chapters, 4, 5, and 6, the word walk. Now, that doesn't mean like, do you walk like this or do you walk like this? Walk is our lifestyle, it's what we do. It's who we are as we walk. Now, Paul will use the word walk. I will use that word, but sometimes I'm going to use a different word, even as your sermon title was today. I'm going to use the word walking. Walking. Now, why would I do that? A lot of people think, well, I walked today. There we go. Good. No, it's an ongoing relationship. It's a long relationship. Long, long relationship. We start walking. We don't really end till we get to heaven. So it's a lifestyle that's ongoing. It's not something we did. Well, we did it a little bit here. We don't. No, it's kind of like walking at home. If you're going to get into a lifestyle of walking, pretty much every day you're going to get up and you're going to walk. So this is exactly what it is. It's a daily lifestyle. Now, since I'm in Christ, Paul says this. Here's what your lifestyle should look like. So biblical truth must always come first. I wouldn't know how to walk if I didn't have the foundation. That's what an unbeliever does. They just try to be good. Well, I need the foundation. And so that must come first in our lives. You can never separate biblical truth, right here, from our behavior, how we walk, our conduct. So write this down. Belief matters. Belief, defined as to accept as true or real. Now, why does belief matter? Because of this. Correct living is rooted in correct belief. Correct living is rooted in correct belief. The other day, I was on my iPad, and I don't know how it happened, but an ad for CNN came up and blocked what I was reading. I'm going, thanks a lot. And it said this, would you like to know truth? And I just said, no, thank you. And that was the end of that. Hallelujah. Am I going to get truth from CNN? Are you kidding me? And the guy's face there, I won't even say it because I don't want to be sued. Definitely, he never tells the truth. So, You have to understand, every decision we make is involved with what we believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's the way it works. Now, here's what's happened. Our world is secular today, especially the United States. And much of Europe and England is not biblical anymore. I mean, we have wonderful millions of Christians, but it's not a biblical society. It's secular. So here's what some people say. Listen. It doesn't matter what you believe, as long as what you believe, you believe it sincerely. Well, oh, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, what if it isn't true? Well, who cares if it isn't true? I believe it sincerely. No, that's not true. What matters is not that you believe, but what you believe. You got the difference? See, our world doesn't get that. Here's what the world says. Truth, truth, I have truth. I believe truth. I know what's true. And they want to go by their truth. No, they're deceived. They're wrong. They don't know the truth. There's only one truth. Here it is. Now, the world will not agree with that. And that's why I wouldn't listen to CNN or any other kind of channel, because their truth is their truth. That's not at all what the scripture teaches. Now, why did God give us the Bible? So we'd have a foundation for living. So we would know how to do life right. We call the Bible infallible, inerrant. It simply means without error. The Bible tells us that God is truth and he cannot lie. Now, that's huge for us. And the Bible tells us how to do life right. You know this. I've used it many, many, many times. As we open the Bible, it's like God is opening his mouth. Now, think about this. God has opened his mouth. So what did I just tell you? God cannot. There it is. How much of this is true? It's all true. Is it outdated? No, it is not outdated. See, that's the same thing the world says. Well, that was back then. It's not like that. No, 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 there's some things in the old testament we don't do anymore because we're not under the law anymore. But the biblical principles are all true in the Word of God. Here's what Jesus, in one of his prayers, he was praying to the Father, and then he was praying about his disciples, and he prayed for us. Look at what it says. And Jesus knew this. John 17, 17. Make them holy. He was praying for us and you. By your truth. In other words, the truth is going to change me. Teach them your word, which is truth. That's why we teach the Bible. That's why we teach the Bible. Now, we begin in chapter 4, verse 1. Take a look at your Bibles. Here we go. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul writing, then I urge you, not suggest, This is a command from Paul writing to the church. He's writing to you and me. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life, interesting word, circle it, and I'll come back to it, worthy of your calling that you have received. So Paul is encouraging the believers at Ephesus. Remember, he had been in that church for three years. He loved the people. He knew them. They were living in a super secular world. So he says, I want you to understand you have to behave as the Bible instructs. Your behavior is part of it. Now, what is our calling? Paul's going to talk about the church and how it functions and the gifts that you have and the gifts that God gives the church. Pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists. He gives those gifts. Those are people gifts. But every one of us, Romans chapter 12. We have individual gifts. It's part of our calling. But my calling, this is where my calling starts from God. Our calling is directly related to being in Christ. When I become a believer, I'm in Christ. My life has changed. I have a new owner. It's God. Now, here's what happens. Now that that's true of my life, I represent Christ on the world. Because Christ is now in heaven. We're left here. We are representatives of Christ. Remember, early on, the church started using this term, and they didn't use it for long. Christian, Christ-like. So a Christ follower is, for me, even better because it's a walking. It's a lifestyle. I'm following someone, my Savior, my Lord. This word that I ask you to circle is worthy. It reminded me of pharmacy. It means equal weight, equal weight. It's a scale. Now you say, Well, Pastor Mark, you are old, but did you use that kind of scale in pharmacy? No. We had electronic scales. Did you know if you go to many parts of the world, you go to a Vegetable market or whatever, you know, that's what they have there. They just have weights on something. They measure it back and forth. So notice what Paul is saying. Here's what he's saying. Our behavior should balance with our beliefs. That word, worthy, means that what my foundation, the things God tells me in his word to do, this, my behavior, should match it. If this is what God tells me to do, but this is my behavior, is there a problem? Yeah. I have to do what? Well, you bring this down. Uh, No. You bring this up because this never changes. Do you got it? It's very simple. Belief and behavior. You say, well, Pastor Mark, is that really biblical? Well, look at this next verse. Jesus understood this. John wrote it. Look at First John right here. It's right smack dab exactly as we just said. First John 2.6. Whoever claims to live, there's the word again, in him, in Christ, must, come on, walk as Jesus did. Well, Pastor Mark, he walked in sandals, so I'd have to put sandals on? That's not what we're talking about. His lifestyle. And where do we learn that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We get to see, now, why do I want to do that? Because I'm representing Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but I'm representing him on this earth. That's clear. It's right smack dab to us. Now, what does it mean to walk like Jesus did? Let me give you three things. Number one, I have to have the character of Christ. I have to become like him. His character, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, mild, a person that you could always trust. He was compassionate. He was patient. He was full of grace. That's the character that I need to be striving for. Number two, I need to think like Jesus. I can have the mind of Christ. Now, how do we think like Jesus? Well, here's the word. This is the mind of God. This is how God thinks. Sometimes we get into situations and What should I do? I don't know. God, what should I do? Very often, it's right here. It's already written for us what to do. Now, number three, Christ followers minister like Jesus. See, he's gone. And the Bible even said this. He said to his disciples, when I leave, there's going to be millions of you versus one of me. You're going to do way more than I did. It's a matter of numbers. So I have to minister. I have to do the works of Christ. So... This walking worthy is a lifelong spiritual journey of maturity and growth. As we're being taught the word of God, we learn to put it into action. Let me read you an interesting verse. Luke 6, 40. Students are not greater than their teacher. Who is your teacher? Is it this tall guy right here? No, I'm the mouth. Who's our teacher? The Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus said, I'm leaving. Well, well, who's going to teach us? Oh, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is teaching you today. By the way, in case you didn't know it, the author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. So that's that foundation. Our beliefs must match our behavior. Got it? Our beliefs must match our behavior. So students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained, will become like the teacher. There we go. Now, let me show you how that works. Peter and John, after Pentecost, they were walking to the temple one day. You know the story well. And they saw a man that had never walked. And God used them to supernaturally heal that man. That caused a problem in Jerusalem. The Jewish leaders were livid. Because the people were excited. Isn't that the guy that was crippled and he's walking? How did that happen? And Peter said, no, no, not me. It was God. It was Jesus that healed this man. So as they begin to... You know, they got thrown in jail. They got beat. They got all kinds of stuff. But notice the conversation that goes on. Acts 4. When they, the Jewish leaders... Notice the word. Saw. See, people are watching our lives. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized they were unschool ordinary men. What does that mean? They weren't illiterates. Peter and John were basically fishermen. They never went to rabbinical school. There was no chance for them to do that. They were very wise. They weren't illiterate. They realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They, because of that, they were astonished, and they took note, Say it with me now. Here we go. That, come on, these men had been with who? So, what happened? What did they see? They saw boldness. They actually were looking at Jesus. They'd been confronted, and they confronted Jesus all the time. Who are you to forgive sin? Remember? And so, they're looking at these guys, and basically, what John was, and what Peter was, they were both. Remember, this is a passage where Peter says, there's no name under heaven where you can be saved than through the name of Jesus Christ. Well, did Jesus ever say that? Yes, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So see, they it was like he rubbed off on them, but not externally, inside. They saw Jesus, that is a key for you and for me. Now, remember, as you go through this, these were men that had walked with Jesus for three years. We walk with Jesus today through the person of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's our lifestyle. They spent that time with Jesus and it left a mark on them. They were different people. Remember, Jesus didn't just come to save us, He came to change us, to be like Him. So we can impact our world for Christ. They were very, it was not a shock to the Jewish people. They knew whose disciples they, these guys were, the disciples of Jesus. They had the character of the Jesus, the boldness of Jesus. They knew scripture just like Jesus. And they shared the truth of salvation just like Jesus. Now, why is it important that we represent Christ? Well, here's why. The majority of people in our world today, majority of people, sometimes even Christians, sorry to say, but mostly unbelievers. How many of you think unbelievers spend a lot of time in the Bible? Well, maybe if they get in trouble, they might look, try to find a verse or something, right? You think that this is their normal kind of reading, is it? No. So let me ask you a question. Who are they reading? You, me. Now, they're not coming to us normally, Because they could care less about us. But when something happens in their life and they know that you're different and you have hope when they have no hope, they come in and their little baby has cancer and they go, I know you, John, you've been through some difficult things. Susie, I've watched you. I don't care about that. But how do you do that? People are watching us. I don't want to be Mark. I don't want to be weird, but I want them to see Mark knows Jesus. You got it? Because that's who they're reading. They're not going to read this. We are the only Bible they read. That's why I have to be like Jesus. Now, that's an amazing work in progress. Now, Paul's going to give us four character traits. Just as an example, what's it like to be like Jesus? These are going to be challenging to every single person I'm speaking to. Here we go. Look at verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, if you don't like that second word completely, just scratch it off in your Bible. (laughs) I would like to do that personally, but that's not the way it reads. Paul is writing to a group of believers, the body of Christ. Notice in that verse, one another. So he's not writing to unbelievers. Who's he writing to? The church. Believers one another. That's us. Now, we have the privilege and the responsibility to show these traits in the church and outside of the church. Now, what are we doing together here? Well, we worship together. We're studying together. We serve one another. People have served you all over to get you uh, into the service on time and take care of you. People are serving you, taking care of the kids and all of those things. So here's the four. Write them down. Number one. This is where belief and behavior come together. Here we go. Humility. Be completely humble. Humility is the opposite of pride. God hates pride. Pride simply is this. It's an attitude of dependence on me. I depend on me. But humility is a dependence on God. See, if I'm prideful, I don't need God. That's what an unbeliever says. If I need you, I'll call you. But you and I know, without him, we can do nothing. So I can't be prideful. I need to be humble. And realize another thing. Humility realizes that I'm no better than anybody else. We're all equal. Just turn your neighbor and say, I'm no better than you. Come on, I'm no better than you. Now, if somebody came in today and said, I'm actually better than you, tell them they need to come to the altar at the end of the service.
0: Today, Pastor Mark talked about the Apostle Paul's use of the words walk and walking, relating to a lifestyle of living like Jesus did. He taught about Jesus' prayer that his followers would be made holy in the same way that he is holy. You heard how Peter and John, because they'd taken Jesus' teachings to heart, were able to confront the religious authorities and confound them. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Today's message was called Walking Worthy of Our Calling. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue unpacking this concept of walking like Jesus did. You'll hear about the character qualities that are to be displayed in the life of the Christ follower. You will also be introduced to the concept of the church as one body, the body of Christ on earth. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Blessed. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry